Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Came back from New Year's. You had a black eye, but you suggested you had no idea how you received yeah. this black eye. Mm-hmm. We had uh, some nice uh, cheeses and such. You just started shoving it in your faces. <laughs> Maybe it was a reaction to the cheese. Maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Soon, several different spider creatures will emerge out of your eye hole. How good is that? If that happens while I'm doing an on-cam intro. Oh, God, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. We've got a toboggan hill in the town, perfect height, where you're just on the verge of someone might get really injured. Perfect. Mm-hmm. How wild was it at the sundowner that night? Thurman Thomas there holding court. Mm-hmm. You're having violent diarrhea with a woman you just met at a club that night. And I was just very nauseous. I was lying still. I was like, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. I'm two for three with making moves. So in so in San Diego, this is the worst romantic novel in the history. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel no. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by Coors Light. Delicious. Rang in the new year with some Coors Lights. Dads. Dads. It's the Jay and Dan podcast for the week of. January 8th, 2018. We're back in the studio. We're out of the TV studio. We're in the radio studio. And thankfully, our good friend Christoph is feeling better again. Buddy, talk to us. Christoph, not dead. Perfect. You were in bad shape last week. We had to uh, do the the podcast in the television studio. Uh, Tell us what happened. I understand that violent diarrhea was involved. Uh, That was a part of it. Um... I think it was the uh, 30th when I began to feel some chills and then a stomachache and then I proceeded to vomit uh, for pretty much the next day with a fever and such and then that turned into uh, some violent diarrhea. So, wow. uh, so during the, the, uh, the puking stages and uh, nausea, 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 did you have the chills? Then you had the, the cold sweats? Yes, had- yes, everything. All through the night, everything mm. had the, the worst. You're, the sweats, you're the bringing blankets on. You're throwing blankets mm. off. Yes. Mm. And then was... you wake up in a puddle. Yeah. yeah. And my wife kept telling me, "On take the blankets off. You're making it worse." But I was shivering, so I didn't care. Yeah. What can you do? You you can't yeah. stop it. You have to do a clothing change during your sleep. You're best to just sleep in the bottom of your shower. Yeah. <laughs> in your own filth. Yeah. In your own filth. And then you don't move. You just poop. You puke. You poop. You puke right in the bottom of your shower. And then you burn the house down. Yeah. So that's that, yeah. So you had the flu. Yeah. So or did you have maybe some crazy food? No, it couldn't have been food food poisoning because it lasted like a week. Oh, right? it was a week. It was the flu. I even went to see a doctor after, and they told me I was dehydrated. Yeah, which I of course. Hard to believe because I kept drinking nothing but water. But yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so I guess your New Year's Eve was pretty wild. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Done. did you stay up till midnight, or you're like, nah. yes, I did. I did. I managed okay. to. And- and puked in a glass. Yeah. Were you like, was it like, three, two, one, happy? <laughs> it, it was close. I couldn't cue it up that perfectly. But yeah, that would have been close. In the lead up to New Year's this year, everyone was tweeting out, if you start this song. I know, I, the uh, Phil Collins. Did anyone, but people did it for TV shows. People did it for everything. Right, right. I wonder if anyone actually carried through. That seemed like a lot of work. Hey, a lot of um, effort. I hope, uh, I hope I didn't put myself in line for a firing. Uh-oh. Well, th- what did you do this time? On our way here, 
producer Tim pulls me aside and says, yeah, we got a lot of stuff when you're done the podcast. So I'd probably go for makeup now because we go for uh, makeup for the TV show before or after the podcast. I said, okay, I'll sprint there. I go in. Lisa LaFlemme was in the chair. So I said, can I, can I just get a quick, quick powder? Oh boy. That's a no, no. She was great, but then I left. I'm like, oh my God, I buttered in front of Lisa LaFleur. That's a no-no. You can kind of butt in front of anybody here now. Um, Natasha, Kate, uh, Greg Greg Sansoni, (laughs) uh, Tony Ambrosio, um, Steve Coolius, Ryan Payton, uh, (laughs) uh, Perry Solkowski, um, Seaballs. Uh, Lee Jones. You can kind of butt in front of anyone here, but you can't butt in front of Lisa LaFleur. So the second I think I it's left, over for you. She probably was like, that little f- Probably called Randy Lennox, the president of Bell Media, and immediately asked that you be released from your contract. That man so who is just here, whatever his name is, he's out. <coughs> yeah, you're done. It's over for you, buddy. Well, what a maybe, good run maybe you had. She, maybe she thinks I was Brian Mudrick, though. So, Mudrick, you're done. You can jump in front of the mood, dude. <laughs> you can jump in front of Nikki Reyes. You can jump in front of Adnan Verk. You can jump in front of Tim McAuliffe. <laughs> but you cannot jump in front of Lisa Laflamme. Lisa Laflamme. I notice when she says Lisa Laflamme, she says Lisa Laflamme. She does. Like, she's got just a little... The little la flam. I think it's great because they pre-tape things and, and such in the in the newsroom. It's the CTV National Newsroom is right next to the makeup room. So we get to see inside that studio mm-hmm. as you walk into the makeup room, you're like you're peering into the CTV National News while it's being done. You're like, whoa. And I have to say Freaky. in all seriousness, Lisa Laflam is a cool, cool person. She's awesome. She's cool. Like if you're wondering, well, I don't know. Are you guys full of it? No, I got to be honest with you. You want to go for drinks with Lisa Laflamme. Yeah. You want to go have drinks with Lisa. Uh, She likes a tipple. She likes a beverage. She's super cool. And she gets it. So that's why I think I'm okay. Because we've developed a rapport with her. I disagree. I think it's over for you. And I'm very upset that this is how it ends for Dan O'Toole at Bell Media. Very quickly, you actually get fired tomorrow. What's your move? What's your next move? What does Dan O'Toole do? You're gone. You're you're fired. You're free. What's your move? What do you what do you what do you do with your life? Huh. I did like working at a gas station. Okay, perfect. But they don't pump gas anymore. But you could buy a gas station with your uh, severance. <laughs> Haven't even worked those are dollar here. dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't even been back for a year. Perfect. So with that month long <laughs> severance, or I don't even know if it would be that. <sighs> I see Japan's Olympics minister is visiting Rio to learn from that city's experience hosting the 2016 Summer Games. Quick question, (laughs) is that the city you want to learn from? No. Well, he's going to learn from their mistakes. Okay. So he just shows up and he's like, I'm doing everything the opposite of what you guys did. And then just gets on a plane and hops back to Tokyo? If you didn't know, we will be uh, going to the Winter Olympics in South Korea. We'll be doing the... Sports Center with Jay and Dan live every single night, which will be one o'clock local there. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. It'll be midnight Eastern here, yep. just like normal. Correct. Um, I it's a uh, you know what I don't know, Dan. Ooh. Are we doing the show right through 
without a break? We, that's what we did in London, did we not? We didn't take a break for the weekends or anything like that. Did we? We didn't get weekends off. That I don't remember. It's a good question. Yeah. Because then, we, if we had a couple of days, we I could want, fly anything, to Tokyo from there. I, if anything, I want shorter work week. I want to do a four day work week while at the Olympics, and then take three days, and we could fly to different countries. <laughs> Well, we could fly to Macau and gamble. We, we could fly start, to Tokyo. Uh, why not, eh? Asking these questions. Mm. But I have another question for you. Okay. We're also going to be doing the podcast from there. Yes. Now we're going to do two of them, I believe, because we'll be there for two weeks of Olympic time. Yes. Is there, from the? I'd love to hear from the listeners, is there a dream podcast guest Someone asso- associated with the Olympics. Gaetan Boucher. Gaetan Boucher would be great, but I'm not, sh- I'm not 100% certain he's going to be there. Steve Podborski. Podborski would be amazing. These are all good suggestions. If you have a suggestion, definitely send us a tweet and let us know. To at Jay and Dan. Um, I will guarantee that our good friend, Michelle Kwan, the queen of figure skating, she will be on the podcast. And as of this podcast... Team Canada hasn't been announced, but I'm pretty sure Ben Scrivens will be on it, and we can get him. Ben's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, a good. Uh, is Ben from Spruce Grove? I think he's from the Grove or Sherwood Park. I can't remember. Somewhere in Edmonton area. I believe so. Smart guy. Love to have him on. Um, so let's do it. Okay. Uh, you know what? You know who else I'd love to have on? Wojtek Wolski. Also expected to be on the team. Let's get him on the show. So lots of good... good Potential guests. Uh, Might be too many guests. And of course, Bernie Kim with Bernie Kim's fever dreams. <laughs> Bernie won't be at the Olympics. He won't be there. Uh, I wanted to bring up something. We discussed this off air yesterday, and I actually texted to you, I think it was last week, and I discovered, because every time I turn on my TV at home now, I see that my kids, they're just watching Netflix. That's all they watch. They don't even know how to put on regular cable TV. Careful where you're going with this. <laughs> so now I'm like, guess I don't, I'm not watching your stupid Full House re- Returns or whatever the hell this Fuller show. Fuller House. And I said, <laughs> Full House Return, <laughs> starring John Stamos <laughs> and Bob Saget. And it must annoy the shit out of them because I'm doing stuff in the house and the the crowd at the show it just the, it's like it's a Seinfeld episode. They're like, ha ha ha. So I just come through the room going, ha. Hilarious! And the the kids are just looking at me. So they love it. They get no. They aren't laughing. Oh, there's no smiles on their faces. Nothing. The crowd's going nuts. I'm like, they think it's funny. Wait, wait. The studio audience? Yeah, they're going nuts. Yeah, there's that stupid jokes. Do they still use this theme song? Yes. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I'm not sticking around for all of it. Okay, let's hear it. Whatever happened to predictability? Yeah, that's a good tune. The milkman, the paperboy, evening TV. This is the extended lyric mix. That's a lot of lyrics. Okay, that's a long one. So uh, they seem to really enjoy it. So anyway, uh, so when it comes close to like uh, hockey night in Canada or something like that or uh, games on, I'm like. Hey, Netflix, you're out of here. So you're gone. On the game. Cable's back, baby. And they now know, okay, uh, he's right. Uh, we got to watch his show. And the girls, because all they watch is Netflix, they are transfixed by the ads on regular TV. 
So what I said to you was, you know, people are always saying like, you know, how do we save cable? How does cable hang on in this streaming world? Simple. You make the ads entertaining. You make people want to get cable for the ads. Like Natasha Staniszewski's McCain Wedges ad. Correct. Which is also Melissa Grello's McCain Wedges ad. You want to watch that ad, if for yeah. no other reason than to say, what man would see Natasha Staniszewski at their door with a tray full of McCain wedges and be skeptical about whether or not he might let her into his home? Who wrote that ad? Matt- Here's the premise, Natasha. <laughs> a man, you're going to approach a man who doesn't want you in his home. He's not going to recognize you from the television program. He won't have an idea who you are. And though you are an attractive woman, he will not want you to enter his home if not for your tray of wedges. Are you in? (laughs) Sign me up. What if they were scalding hot and he says no and she flips them into his face? It's burning them and then she just starts hitting him over the head with a tray. You want me in your house now, you dickhead? (laughs) I'm Natasha Danishevsky and I'm coming into your house and watching your TV. And I'm not watching Fuller House either. But after she has beaten him to the floor with the tray, she starts kicking the wedges into his mouth. Eat them! Eat my wedges. Yeah, eat those wedges. I'm Staniszewski, signing off. Thanks for watching. That would get people to sign on to cable. So anyway, the kid's thoroughly entertained by the ads. There's the one where the hockey player uh, runs through the boards and stuff, and he's like running through the garbage and all that. They stop in their tracks right, to watch they like this it. thing. No, I think this is, I'm being serious. More and more creative people are going into advertising. It makes sense. Make the ads more entertaining and people will want to watch them. And rink boards, they work. My kids play a game. Which business or product do you like the best of the rink boards? So you play that game and I'm like, they're not just looking at ads. That's all they're doing while this game's going on. Every time for the kids, it's Oliver Jewelry. I think it was Old El... I picked Old I'll, El Paso. I'll buy your jewelry. Old El Paso. They were on the boards there last weekend. Um, I just see that U.S. Customs officials in Philadelphia found more than 317 kilograms of cocaine hidden inside furniture shipped from Puerto Rico. Dan, and I asked you this earlier, is it wrong for me to start to feel bad for the drug dealers? Yes. Like, I'm not condoning cocaine use. I'm honestly not. But when you're going to that much effort, you're hiding all your product and furniture, it seems like you have a market for it, and then all of a sudden it's gone? I kind of feel bad for the drug dealers. Whose furniture was it in, Ikea? No, the Swedes would lock that down. No chance. Guaranteed it's Leon's. It's all that Leon's, all those uh, recliners. Some poor schlub sitting there waiting for his coffee table. Yeah. yeah. Held up at customs. What? What's the deal? All the customs guys are... Then they come to his house all, like he ordered the cocaine. They're all doing rails. <laughs> come in, my, come into my country. Come in. Oh, uh, you had a busy day. Oh, my God. I, I'm trying to talk not much. <laughs> So you're speaking like Trump tweets. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, so today I began recording the audiobook versions of my two books, Anchor Boy and Number Two. And I knew it was going to be a bit of a chore, Dan, Mm -hmm. but I didn't quite realize how difficult this is going to be. So I'm 
literally reading the book into a microphone, and that's it. And the people at the studio could not be lovelier, lovely people. Where are you recording to the CBC? It's right next to, right at King and Spadina in downtown Toronto at a, at a studio. It'd be fun if it was at the CBC. Who's at the CBC nowadays? Like, who's on air? Ian Hannah Mansing. So I'm next to Hannah Mansing. Like, get the f- out of the studio, <laughs> Hannah Mansing. Got to record this story about me f- my pants. It was fun to read that story again because I got a good reaction from the guy Is it, recording now, it. Here's what I wanted to ask you. So you're reading the book. Yeah. And, and since you've put it out and stuff and you're probably rereading it, you want to add something, but you can't. Or can you? Are you allowed to ad lib after a paragraph? Excellent question. So there are a couple of things. In general, no. In general, you want to keep it as close as you can. But they were fine with me ad-libbing a little bit. And specific, I'll give you a great example. So the very first story of the book is me walking around when we were at the London Olympics in the Union Jack unitard trying to interview NBC Olympic celebrities. And I mentioned in the book that it would be great if I could interview really big celebrities. And the two examples I gave were Matt Lauer... And Bruce Jenner. Ooh. And I go on to talk about all the surgery that Bruce Jenner's had on his face pre-Caitlin. Like, just talking about his plastic surgery before Caitlin. So we all agreed that I would add a couple of lines in saying that this book was written in 2012. Yeah. And things have happened with these two gentlemen. Both yeah. to them. And they've done things to other people that are bad. So... Yeah, it's good to clear that up. Yeah, I had to clear that up. But oh, overall, basically, you keep it the same. It's fun. I, I really enjoy it. It just takes a long time. So those should be out hopefully by the end of the month, maybe next month. I hope you so check them out. So are you finished either of the books? No, I, I'm like one-third of the way through the first one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> After like six set, hours. So is that reading straight through or you have to do retakes? I keep going and then I'll screw up, but I'll, you know they'll pick it up. It's basically straight through, but it does... It just takes a long time because you're kind of, you're almost performing it, kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, I went to took a <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I had some phlegm there, too. <laughs> That's the other problem. Oh. You know, if you have phlegm, you got to you gotta get that out of there. Ah, I took a <laughs> one day. Chapter three. The <laughs> No, it was fun. It's fun to... It's weird that I wrote it in 2012 and so much has happened to us in all that time. Dan, it's been only six years. That was the first book. Yeah. And the second one came out when? 2014? Mm-hmm. 15? He's not picking up. I okay. can't remember. Our guest is not picking up. So our guest today is expected to be, and this has been, how long has this been in the works? Since I wrote Anchor Boy? Uh, <laughs> after he retired, he was supposed to be on. He's now in his second season of retirement. Of course, we're talking about Joel Otto. Uh, let me make sure. No, no, we're talking about Chris Phillips, former number one overall pick, former Prince Albert Raider, played for the Ottawa Senators his entire career, just a rock-solid stay-at-home D-man. 17 seasons he played. Chris Phillips played for 17 seasons. I just sent him a text, answer the phone. In the National Hockey League. The question is, will we be able to get a hold of him (laughs) to finally end what has been a four to five year tease to have Chris Phillips on the show? He's almost been like the Matt Damon of the show. I mean, this better be an incredible interview. (laughs) This better blow people's minds. 
Oh, it will. Hey, uh, one of my, uh, I have a bat wall going up my uh, new house. I used to just keep them in the corner of a room. Um, you are like shameless, by the way. You like this. Oh, that's never going to happen. I just, was just looking at that wall and I'm like, crap, I should have got. So Jay is referring to the fact that I sent Frank Thomas a, a tweet saying, hey. A public this, tweet. This bat wall is missing. Because, uh, uh, okay, but, oh, no, no, let's go to, let's address this. Why don't you just, because he would send you one. He loves you. Why don't you just direct message him or send him an email or a text? Because I, I find that tacky. I find it's less tacky sending a public one. No, it's the exact opposite. Anyway, I uh, I sent him a message saying, hey, my bat wall's missing this. Because I was sitting there, I'm like, what? I worked with Frank Thomas. Why didn't I just... Anyway, uh, a new one came. Willie Upshaw game used. Yeah, you got that one. And didn't you order another one? Alexis Infante. <laughs> Alexis and Fonte. Also coming this week was a rare game used Ted Lilly Montreal Expos bat. Yeah, that is cool. See, that is cool. Where's your candy Maldonado bat? Oh, they're on there. They're on eBay. His, you gonna pick one more, up? He's a bit pricier. I want to compile the 1985 Blue Jays roster, but uh, a lot of them aren't out there. What about Rance? You already got your Rance? No, I got a Garth Orge, but Rance Mullenix. There are no game used because think of it back then. Bill just, uh, broken bat, just let's use it on the God. fire. Yeah. We got to stay warm. <laughs> We've got all these game-used <laughs> bats here. Now it's time to start a fire. Don't want to freeze. Sorry, Rance Mulnick's game-used bat. <laughs> I remember that my uh, my buddy Joe Clark, he played for the... Sault PC Mar- party. He was C- the prime minister. <laughs> yes. The Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds when they won a Memorial Cup. He got a stick signed by the entire team, and then like two years later, we're playing road hockey, and we're like, eh, this is the only stick. And we're like, ah, f*** it. Yeah. <laughs> the tape's coming off with the autographs. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, some people love love that stuff, but and I know you got your bat wall, but I, I don't have too much left anymore. I don't care. I just don't. Everything I have is at work, actually. All my memorabilia stuff is at work. Yeah, no, besides that, I don't really have. We get, I have a lot of jerseys. What do I do with them though? Because when we went yeah. on the craft celebration, well, put tour, them on the put them on the wall. You frame them. You ever see a framed jersey? It's huge, beautiful, gorgeous. But if you frame a jersey, then you can't see the front of it. Nah. Because if you if you frame one from like Pinawa, they gave us mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. You can't see that's from Pinawa. It just says O'Toole on the back. Perfect. Just what you want. I mean, that's why the best ones to frame are the football jerseys, because who cares about the front, right? It's exactly the same. Yeah. You want to frame those football jerseys. You know the jerseys I really liked were those USA, just gonna ask World you. Junior, Buffalo Bills tribute jerseys. Those were super <laughs> cool, man. I dug those. So kudos to Team USA. And let's talk about that Swedish captain who threw his medal into the crowd. Watching that, the girls saw it first. They're like, did that guy just throw his bat out of the crowd? I'm like, give this kid a break. Yeah. He's full of emotion. He's competitive. He's impulsive. He's 20 years old. What the hell were you doing at 20? Tell you what I was doing. Acting like a complete <laughs> jackass. Okay, call him back now, Christoph. He uh, just said, call me. Everyone out there making mature decisions at age 20, right? Nobody making impulsive decisions. Nobody doing things they regretted. Everybody had life figured out at 20. <laughs> uh, how many 
World junior teams did Chris Phillips play on? I think seven. <laughs> Started when he was 13, went to when he was 20. <laughs> uh, Phillips is back. Phillips, again. Uh, we'll ask him here. Christoph seems like he has got him on the phone. Number one overall. We've got a thumbs up. Prince uh, Albert Raiders. So after a two-year wait, a two-year buildup, we finally welcome Chris Phillips to the Jay and Dan podcast. Welcome. Hi, guys. How are you, buddy? I am good. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. We were just talking about the World Juniors. How many World Junior teams did you play on? Two. Two. 96. 96 and 97, two gold medals. Humble brag. Yeah, that was a big humble brag <laughs> from you. Where do you keep the gold medals? They are uh, actually on my uh, wall in the office. Oh, I wanted you to say they're on your neck right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would be good. Hey, uh, Chris, I looked at your Wikipedia page before you came on. They've already changed it to Canadian businessman. Oh, wow. Were you a part of that Wikipedia change? I I was not. Okay. I was not. Um, <laughs> I I was over in uh, Sweden uh, playing actually some uh, men's hockey league games uh, the same time the Sens were over there, and uh, I know it got updated when I was over there with my uh, international experience. They added those games. <laughs> but, uh, Wait, so I, so I, I don't know if they're games? still on there on that, but. You have to check out my international experience. It's pretty funny <laughs> when you get to the bottom of that. <laughs> so, wait, men's league games. Tell me more about that, Chris. What were you, what would exactly was going on over there? Was that just beer league, but with Swedish beer? Uh, pretty much, yeah. A um, bunch of guys uh, from Ottawa here uh, had booked the trip. Uh, I got invited to go along, and uh, the timing worked out. And thought, yeah, what the heck, and. Uh, and uh, worked out well with the, the timing of the Sens playing over there as well. So uh, we were able to watch those games. And then, uh, yeah, played against a couple of uh, club teams, um, you know, very, very similar to uh, us. Just, uh, you know, a, b- a bunch of guys, uh, you know, that uh, enjoyed having a beer, uh, well, one, one of the days before the games and uh, one of the games after. So it was, it was a lot of fun. So is your whole life... Just a series of being invited by various beer league teams to various exotic locales across the world. Is that's, that is uh, that it now for Chris Phillips? That, that's it. That's what uh, <laughs> that's what nearly twenty years in the NHL does. It gets you, uh, it gets you a good resume for beer league games. I found the, the Wikipedia entry on November 11th, playing with the Stitz Vegas Selects on an overseas trip to Sweden. Phillips recorded one goal and three assists in his first international play in almost a decade. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, you played it was, it. it was well written. Yes, it you, was not me. Uh, you played in the Parliament Hill game, too, as well, right? I did, yeah. How cool was that? It was awesome. Uh, the, the game itself was incredible to, you know, to be in that backdrop. Um, you know, the, the snow was falling. You couldn't have scripted it any better, um, you know, not to mention uh, the group of guys that we got back. Um, I think I played with uh, everybody but, but four guys. Uh, you know, so the reunion that that we had uh, really made it really special. Were you surprised Yashin was there? Yeah, who was the most surprising guy that showed up? Well, that's a that's a great question. I, I guess Yash would be uh, the, the easy answer there. Um, 
um, given uh, you know some of his time in Ottawa was uh, uh, filled with turmoil for sure. But uh, uh, I can't think of anyone else uh, that that really comes to mind. But it, it was great to have him back. Uh, the fans uh, welcomed him back, and you know it was great to see. And Dag might as well just suit up again and start playing in the NHL. Yeah, he lit it up. I uh, <laughs> did a very good drafting job, that's for sure. Yeah, didn't you guys lose like 11-2? Uh, well, the scoreboard short showed that, but uh, as, as I said in my, uh, my interview after the game, as in any outdoor game, the last goal wins. And Chris Neal scored the last goal for Team Phillips, so that, that gave us the victory. Everybody forgets to talk about that. That's very true. Hey, you know Ottawa like the back of your hand. Uh, if they put a rink downtown, does that fill the arena? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, the population is spread out. You have another probably close to a million people um, you know, on the other side of the river, um, east of Ottawa. Uh, but it really, it makes it hard to get out to the games. Um, you put it right down there, mixed in with uh, LRT that's uh, all happening right now. Um, I, I really believe that it's uh, it's filled just about every night. How When you walk around the city, Chris, how often do people come up to you and, and ask you to talk some sense into Mr. Melnick? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't got that one uh, too often. I certainly get stopped a lot, ask me uh, you know what's going on uh, lately, but... Um, you know, that's, that's sports. I wish I had an easy answer. Uh, and there isn't one with, uh, you know, the, the talent that they have there, the lineup that, that they've created. Uh, I think they'd, you know, expect more from them spell, themselves, especially given where they got to, uh, last year. I don't think it was a fluke. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can work out of it here. Uh, you're now in the beer business. Yeah. How the heck did you get into that? Well, I guess the, uh, to make a, a long story as short as possible, um, we met a brewmaster that uh, basically fell in our lap and uh, decided to do a, a brew pub theme, and uh, and he's been killing it right from the get-go, and uh, we have a couple of restaurants to go along with it, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's, it's done well. Yeah, you open up a new rink in Big Rig, uh, is it Big Rig uh, Brewery? Yeah. Yeah. That could be the anchor restaurant oh, yeah. bar How in the new that rink. Be? Wouldn't that be great? You never know. Maybe naming rights on the arena. We have to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're thinking big. I like that. Yeah. Why, so not? You're, why not? You're staying busy. So you, are you used to retirement or you still uh, feel the uh, the urge to drive to the rink every day? You know what? I'm, uh, I'm used to it. Um, you know, I, I, I really think I'm in a weird fortunate situation where uh i was injured you know i uh, my last year with the team i didn't play a game uh never traveled so it was a it was a great uh sort of bridge into retirement where um you know i was still in at the rink every day um you know getting treatment working out trying to work through it just wasn't getting better um you know but i was but i was home every night and uh, got a taste of you know what was that what that was like to uh you know, be involved in, uh, you know, the kids' sports and, and everything that was going on at home. Um, you know, and, and when it came time to retire, it, 
you know, it, it wasn't a, a mental struggle. It was something my body just said, that's it. You can't do it anymore. And, you know, I played a lot of games, been there a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't ask for, uh, you know, a, a better career, uh, aside from, you know, being able to win that Stanley cup. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a great run, and, and it was easy to walk away from. Yeah, 17 years. Wow, so amazing. That's a, that's a lot of hits. That's a lot of everything. Do you wake up and your body hurts? Uh, some days. Not every day, but uh, certainly some days. Uh, trying to uh, sort of get back in, in, in good health. Not, you know, uh, the, the shape goes along with that. Uh, but you know, I'm trying to to work my my back into uh, strengthening it up and and get it to where you know hopefully I'm I'm not waking up where it, where it's sore. But uh, you know, like playing you know uh, the the game on Parliament Hill, uh, you know, was it was pretty pretty tough for a couple of days after that. And you know, it, it heals up, and then I you know you go out and do the next thing a few days later. But uh, you know, certainly wouldn't be able to you know, play in a, in a men's league or something like that, where I'd have to, you know, play a couple of days a week, just not able to do that, but I'm able to do everything that, uh, that I want to do right now. 17 years and you played them all with the same team. Like that's so unique now, not just in hockey, but all of professional sports. Was there ever a moment, uh, or where was there ever a time when you thought, you know what, I might want to go play for someone else. Were you ever close to signing with someone else? I, I was never close to signing, um, but there was times that uh, it was close to um, to making a move at the deadline, um, where it was, you know, definitely giving it uh, a lot of thought that um, you know maybe this is the the right thing to do to to make a move to to try and win that Stanley Cup. So, in other words, uh-huh. Chris, like Brian Murray had maybe approached you and said that deal might be in place. Would you be willing to do it kind of thing? Um, yeah, we had, we had very open, uh, conversations. Um, we, we could talk about everything. I actually, uh, negotiated my last deal with Brian. Um, and it, like I said, very open that way. Uh, he understood, uh, you know, everything that was going on. There was teams calling about me. He would tell me, um, you know, and, uh, and he'd say, think about it. And, uh, you know, it never got to the point where, you know, I said, uh, you know, see if you can make a deal or, or any, it, it, unless it was happening behind the scenes that I was not aware of on that side. Um, you know, uh, a- after thought, um, but, you know, I, I basically go back to, to Brian and, you know, say just, uh, you know, that's, that's not, either the right fit or, or something that I was willing to do at that time. Now you've played with a lot of uh, players, obviously, over your 17 years, and I wanted to play a game. It could go two ways. I was going to get you to, to name guys that played like one, two games to see if you knew that you played with them, but I'm going the other way because that, that would just get too difficult and then you'd be put <laughs> on the spot. So you just got to say one or two things about uh, each uh, player I'm going to name. Okay. Okay, Ron Tugnut. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, that's the game. That's it, Phillips. You're done. That's it, eh? I got my Ron Tugnut story. It was my first road trip. I, I had to sit in the middle seat, and I spilt a coke in his lap. Of that one. <laughs>
And how did he react? You weren't expecting that answer, were you? No, no. Was no. he? Was he? Uh, was he okay about it, or was he? He handled it. He handled it pretty good. I don't know if he was steaming on the inside, but uh, I, I felt like a schmuck, especially my first road trip. Oh boy, it's a tough start. Uh, you already mentioned this guy, Alexi uh, Ashen. Turtleneck. Yes, that's. <laughs> I always think of him in a turtleneck. Uh, Patrick Laleem. Uh, uh one of my favorite guys I played with. I don't know where to start with that guy, but uh, we used to go back and forth with the uh, me trying to speak French and him sp- trying to speak English uh, <laughs> to me. Uh, both on the ice and off the ice, we used to joke and uh, I used to call him uh, Mitzi so he would uh, stay in the net and not handle the puck. <laughs> uh, Daniel Alfredson. Uh, Again, a man, I played a lot of games with him. Um, you know, a leader. He was it never failed when uh, when when the team needed something. He seemed to be the guy that uh, was was right there in the middle of it when it got done. And possibly the nicest guy. Yeah. And possibly down the road, maybe a future GM of the Sens. Do you like the idea of that? The sound of that? That sounds pretty good. I don't know if uh, Pierre Dorian would be happy to hear that right now. <laughs> well, that's maybe years uh, from you know from now when Pierre's years, retired to years, play uh, beer league when hockey when, with when you Pierre, overseas. Pierre hands over the reins. That's maybe. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Danny Heatley, uh, one timer. Oh, what a howitzer! Mike Commodore. My sorry, Mike. Hair. No, sorry. Uh, I was going to say Mike Comrie instead. I big can't hair. read my own writing. Mike Comrie. Mike Comrie. Um. The brick, yeah. the brick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you also I did play with Commodore. Alberta boy. That's right. That's right. You did play with Commodore too, right? Yeah, yeah. And Big hair. hair, yeah. Big hair. Uh, Jason Spezza. Spets. The giggle. Oh, his laugh. Miss <laughs> it. TSN. TSN loves the giggle. Oh yeah. man, did we ever love it? It's so funny too, Chris, because now that he plays in Dallas, and it just goes to show you the way our coverage is. Like you saw Spets on TSN. Basically, 70 times a day when he was yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah. And now that he's in Dallas, you never hear the giggle. I miss it. I know. Disappointing. Alexi Kovalev. Ooh. Um, maybe, the, maybe the best hands uh, I've ever seen, uh, especially in practice. It was such a treat to watch that guy. It looked effortless with him. Oh, he was, he was so strong. Uh, Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. Ooh. Uh, what do I say about him? He was uh, trying to think of a, a good one-liner there. Uh, <laughs> great, uh, great goalie. Played well for us. Uh, strong uh, Wisco ties there. Um, I don't know what I would say, but been uh, impressed that uh, he, he's battled and still uh, still going strong in the league. Bobby Ryan. Ooh, sweet hands. Ben. He, uh, okay, so uh, continue. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, uh, he, uh, you know, almost Lemieux-like, where it looks like he's, uh, you know, not moving, and and all of a sudden he's around you. Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop, huge. Yeah, he's guy, massive. He just fills up the net. And the final one, Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly. <laughs> um, 
he always used to joke with him trying to figure out what his nationality was. <laughs> um, but uh, reliable as the biggest uh, word that represents him. Uh, you could count on him. Uh, you know, every, every night you knew what you were going to get from him. I realized, I realized when you gave me the look, you probably thought I was going to end with Chris Neal, and I meant to end with Chris Neal, but oh. with Chris, so let's end with Chris Neal. Dan uh, can't. Dan is like a doctor. His handwriting it's is atrocious. I just saw Chris, <laughs> and I'm like Chris. Uh, I meant to say Chris Neal. Uh, tough as nails. Uh, you know, he was not not huge in stature. Went up against everybody, and uh, not sure that I ever seen him bleed. Can I throw in one last one? Kind of a wild card yeah. here, because I always like asking about this guy because he's like a mystery. Sergey right. Gonchar. Ooh, he is like a, a mysterious guy. <laughs> um, uh, what can I say? Smooth. Like smooth, wh- when, smooth skating, Sergey Gonchar. Like, like, kind of one of those defensemen who it seemed like just never panicked. Yeah. And yeah, now, my first, my first part, partner in the in the league was uh, Igor Kravchuk. Very Kravchuk. You guys forgot about him. Man. Oh man! Tonight. Bringing back some great names here. You never, <laughs> you, you never got to play with Peter Sidorkowitz, did you? I did not. No. Ah, it's too bad. Uh, when was the last time you were in Fort Mac? Oh, it's been a few years now. Uh, ooh. Yeah, probably. How, uh, how was it watching it? How was it watching it from afar, seeing your town literally burn? Oh, it was awful. It was, I mean, the, the videos of it were uh, in, just like watching a movie. It was incredible. But uh, my sister still lives up there. So talking to Jen uh, on the phone as they're, you know, in the vehicle trying to evacuate oh, man. Um, was surreal. Um, you know, you can kind of hear the uh, panic sort of in their voices while they're trying not to panic because they're in, you know, in there with the kids and yes, and I'll I'll never forget that. Couldn't Uh, imagine being there. No, horrible. Uh, Great town though. And they're rebuilding. And I have to give you um, a podcast. Thank you because I hosted a sports show up there called overtime every Saturday from 11 to 12, exactly when everyone's listening to the radio. Yes, yeah, Saturday <laughs> so, from 11 to 12. And, yeah. it's a, and I'm trying to find guests, and every single time I reach out to Chris, I'm like, you, you mind coming on my radio show? Every time he says yes. So thank you for always coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Well, it's, uh, it was uh, if only we could grow up. But, uh, if only we could find those interviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they're riveting. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on. It's uh, it was a big build up, and it uh, was worth it. It was. You were great, man. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Hopefully, uh, uh, being able to do this will get me off of the uh, the top ten list of own goals because I'm tired of being on that thing. Every time, every time I see someone put one in there on that, I'm like, oh no, here, here it comes. Oh, no. Here it comes. Yeah, we are predictable. Well, We're nothing if not predictable. <laughs> you did drop a good line, though. You dropped the Steve Smith line that's after right, it happened. That's right. yeah, that that's was right. your saving grace. He always gets to go after me. Yeah. That's right. He's always number one. And uh, make sure to uh, say hi to my cousin Eric at the Hobbins Hockey Shop when you're at the Sensplex next. 
Yeah, our girls are uh, playing on the same team this year. Yep, so uh, good luck with that, and um, he sells those crazy suits. Pick up one of those. Yeah, they're awesome. Thanks, buddy. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. That is uh, NHL legend Chris Phillips, former Fort McMurray Oil Baron. What a guy. Yeah, he's great. Just good Alberta boy. Sounds like Laleem's a great guy. You're hilarious. (laughs) Chris Kelly. (laughs) Uh, Chris Neal. What was the other one? Mike Commodore. Mike Comrie. Mike Comrie. <laughs> Cause look at look at this. Can you like it's just gibberish? No, but there's some, the interesting thing about the Sens. They've had a lot of interesting players. Like you could have asked about twenty more oh, players yeah. easily. And obviously, since he played there for all that, you know, pl- practically two decades. Pretty interesting <laughs> perspective for and sure. Chris and Chris and finishing <laughs> with Chris Kelly. With the greatest senator of all time. <laughs> what were Chris? Chris I, I feel Kelly. bad now we're no, knocking was, Chris Kelly. I, I mean, he was actually, he had a lot of good things to say about Chris Kelly. That was, I enjoyed that segment, actually. That was really fun. Gonchar is now an assistant coach with the Pens. How, oh, how great would it be if Gonchar was a head coach in the NHL? I don't know why I love Gonchar so much. I think it was because in well, that Chris first, Kelly's still playing. He's uh, playing in the for the Belleville Senators right now. Hmm. So he's going to make his way back up. He's played eight hundred thirty three games. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, and he's still sticking. He's still uh, he's still still there. trying to make it happen. No points in nine games so far for the Belleville Senators. No, I was just going to say that the, was it the first twenty four seven that NHL. Show leading up to the Winter Classic with the Pens and Capitals. Was that the first that one? That was the best one, yeah. The first it was the two. best one. I think that was the best. I think that was the first one. Well, what was the one with... Uh, Pens and Caps? I think that was the first one. With, uh, what's his... He had the... And yeah, the, with the I, Caps coach. Um, yeah, Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Yeah, that was a good one. And I remember Crosby and someone else in the dressing room looking over at Gonchar, and he's just like quietly taping his stick, and they were just like... What's that guy thinking over there? Gonchar. It's the mystery. Love it. I um, love it that his answer for Yashin was turtleneck, because seriously, that is <laughs> yeah. the first image that comes into Nobody my Nobody rocks the turtleneck like that anymore. It's a shame. Someone should do it. Um, well, listen, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Stoff, I'm so glad you're, you're feeling better, buddy. Ian Hanamansing has to come in and record his podcast. Yeah, we need Ian Hanamansing in here to record The National with 12 hosts. Thanks for listening, (laughs) and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by Coors Light. 